Welcome to the God and Cancer Culture podcast. I'm Stephen Strang, and I am excited about my book, which is coming out on September 7th, but you can go ahead and order it early. I'm starting to do some promotion later today, the day I'm recording this. I am on a radio interview. Tomorrow, I'm being interviewed by Eric Metaxas. It goes on and on. This weekend, I'm going to be at the great Reawaken America tour in Grand Rapids, Michigan. I've talked about that in other settings. And the PR company is just pumping out the information about it, and I thought that I would share it on my podcast. Uh, This is a press release that's going out in just a few days, and it talks about how I've written this book and how it's a must-read, and, you know, that with the vaccination mandates in places like New York City and for federal workers and for military members, the government is stripping away our freedoms in favor of cancel culture, political correctness, and I believe, and I make this argument in the book, even communism, because this is what communists do. They control our lives in every single way. And the press release uh, actually quotes me in the book as saying that cancel culture isn't new. Its purpose has always been to silence opponents and to control society by dominance and intimidation. But we Christians and other conservatives must not retreat. We must advance and be strong. In fact, the subtitle to God and Cancel Culture is to stand strong before it's too late. It's my way to try to wake up the church in particular and really all God-fearing conservatives, patriotic Americans, even liberals who are concerned about the direction that the country is going. It's one thing to make choices in a free market. It's something entirely different to lose those free choices and the freedoms that go along with it. For many insightful observers, this is exactly the choice we fail today. A rebirth of liberty or a tyranny that dominates society, even American society. America is living proof with more than 200 years of history to back it up that capitalism gives more freedom than any other economic system. We don't want to tear that down in favor of some alternate culture. But what can be done to save freedom from Marxism? Some say that the solution would be rather extreme and violent. You know, I'm concerned about that because there should not be violence. We should not have to do anything. If anything, we should take the lead from Dr. Martin Luther King Jr., that when he saw wrong, they did peaceful civil disobedience, and that may be what it comes to. In fact, it has come to it with some of the closures of churches. There were governmental officials in various states, uh, probably California's best known, that said that churches could not meet And when they could meet, they couldn't play an instrument or they couldn't sing anything that let droplets into the air. And everybody had to wear masks and sit six feet apart. Meanwhile, protesters in the same state looted and burned and did not keep social distance and did not wear masks. And that was not condemned. They were not arrested. But yet they threatened to arrest pastors who met. And in my book, I talk about three Cheon in Pasadena, he was going mostly against city ordinances, not so much the state. They were uh, going to give a $1,000 fine per incident per person. It would have gone into the millions of dollars. Thankfully, Matt Staver and uh, the Liberty Council 
defended him. They won in court. And in fact, Gavin Newsom and the state of California had to repay their lawyers' fees, which amounted to $1.2 million. Now, that's a drop in the bucket to the state budget, of course. But why should someone have to pay over a million dollars to defend themselves for a constitutional right? You know, during the pandemic, Walmart stayed open, other big box stores, liquor stores stayed open, marijuana dispensaries, I'm told. I don't live out there. We don't have marijuana dispensaries where I live. But they were all allowed to be open. In other words, apparently there was no threat of COVID, but there wasn't church. And even as things began to loosen up, they restricted the number of people that could come. But there were brave pastors who defied the authorities. I tell about Rob McCoy of Godspeak um, Calvary Chapel in Thousand Oaks, California. They wanted to give communion. They emptied out the church. They cleaned everything. They were very careful with masks. People would come in in ones and twos, you know, if they were in a little family group, and take communion, then leave. And they were threatened with arrest. There were, it, it actually went to court. And some of the government officials were at the church checking it out, telling church people that they should do this and that. Then they, on the witness stand, I document this in the book, his church stayed open. In fact, hundreds and several thousands of people came to his church because their churches were shut down. And, you know, it's just concerning that other pastors would call him in the middle of the night and indicate they were afraid. Almost no one, only a handful of people stood with him when he tried to have a press conference on the steps of the Capitol. He tried to get the governor to meet with him. He wouldn't. They ignored him. Now, thankfully, the courts opened everything up. And then all the different churches were like celebrating. It's back to normal. They had big signs. And Greg Farrington, on a podcast, you could look it up on my Strang Report, said, isn't it terrible that churches open up when the government says they can, but they didn't because the Bible says that you should not forsake the assembling together. You know, Christianity is something we do in community. It isn't just something we watch on television. You know, thank God for live streaming. During the worst of the lockdown, when we didn't know how bad it was, I went to church on live stream. And then my church had parking lot or kind of, kind of like the old drive-in movie theaters services. I went to that. Then they opened up and you wore masks and sanitized. And here in the state of Florida, things have opened up step by step. For a long time, we didn't know how dangerous it was. Now we know, sadly, that people die. But people die of the flu. They die of other diseases. You know, people even come down with dread diseases like leprosy. But we don't read the statistics all the time in the press. We don't act, uh, live our lives as if we're afraid to to get that terrible disease and other diseases that are spread by human touch. The thing is, we need to have freedom. People need to be able to make their own choices. I make this case again and again in the book. God and Cancel Culture is my attempt to wake up the church. We've been too passive, too long. We have to stand up. There's, it's much more complicated. It's even, in some ways, it's even more serious than I'm talking about now. So please, pre-order the book. Pre-order it for your friends. I was on Jim Baker last week. They're selling a baker's dozen, which is 13 copies, and some of, the, some of his partners actually bought that many so they could give it out with others. 
It helps us if you order it ahead. It helps it to get off really fast, and uh, it helps us make the bestseller list. We hope, of course, to make that list because it brings more prominence to the book and also lets other people know about it. Interestingly, I had an interview two weeks ago today by the New York Times about the book and about me. It'll be interesting to see what they write about it, but it is beginning to attract attention. But I need your help. Share this podcast with others. Go online, order the book, and tune in again for another episode of God and Cancel Culture here on the Charisma Podcast Network. God bless you.